Hello and welcome to Flustercock. And today we are going to be reviewing another awful, awful movie for your viewing pleasure, well, listening pleasure, I suppose. And the movie we will be reviewing today is Pods in a Movie, the British classic, if we could say such a thing about such a such an event, we'll say. Alex, I know that you uh, you watched. How long ago was it? You watched it now. Yeah, it's a good week since I watched it. So, Sam, you you agreed that it is more fresh in your mind then? Yes. So oh, it is only fair then that Alex, uh, you're going to be the one defending the movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, when you went away, me and Sam were saying we're going to do it too. Oh, you! <laughs> I knew this punch will now come today. Alex, <laughs> Alex, I'd like you to the Miss Sam. You're going to tell us why it's a crock of shit. But first, Alex, why don't you tell us about the plot? Tell us what happens. Tell tell us what's in, what it's about if it were actually a um. <laughs> Well. As, uh, as Tom says, this uh, British cinema classic begins with the dog, who's uh, an extra in movies. Um, the dog has can can speak inside his own head and can speak to other animals, though humans can't understand him, just to set the picture. He gets bored of the movie he's being an extra on, um, and uh, pulls out his one and only trick which is to get up on his hind legs and start dancing for the amusement of uh, oh, well. all around. But the movie, people, <laughs> the movie people don't appreciate it, so uh, they fire him and he leaves. Um, he understands. He, he understands, and I uh, say so he, he leaves, and a piece of food, I think. He uh, sausages. Stumbles, he, goes sausages. He goes off in such sausages um, and uh, stumbles upon uh, a family with uh, their own set of problems. Um, Mostly that uh, that that the father of the family has seemingly up and le- up and left, or possibly died. It's never made entirely clear. <laughs> um, there so, is like one picture, and I'm pretty sure the dad is played by Peter Serafinovich. I'm just putting it out there. I saw the picture. No, I, I refuse to refuse to believe that Serafinovich would lower himself like this. And Heinz did. Jessica Heinz did. Yeah, but Heinz, as much as I love Heinz, Heinz has a real. Did that old sitcom that they hated Strahander into doing, which she, which she then went on to on the Donald Ross show to just complain about. Which, which one? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, it was like oh some god awful shitty toothless um like office based sitcom. It was like oh my best friend is a twat who <laughs> <laughs> who ruins everything. She oh, uh... about twenty twelve by any chance? No, twenty twelve is good. Is I enjoyed it. With, um... That was with the, the one with the Olympics. Uh, no, no, that was with uh, Hugh Bonneville. The one about the bee becoming the, the Olympics, and then they're doing a, a, a sequel series coming this year. It's going to be about it. I saw the first half of the sort of dra- romance drama with David Tennant and driving lessons or something. Oh, that was all right. I, I got very bored of it and turned off after the first 20 minutes, I think. David Tennant was a Christian, I remember that. And they don't sleep together. They don't sleep together. Right? They don't. Okay. No, they don't. Well, there you go. Um, so, so Alex, continue. Anyway, tell, this, tell this, this family, um, after the departure, one way or the other of the father, this family have decided that they're going to get a fresh start and uh, move out to the country, um, because that's what you do when you need a fresh start, apparently. And it's, and it's exactly as easy as this film makes it look. It is. It's it's it's, it's as simple as that. You just uh, ring someone up and say, uh, right, well, we'd like to do the country thing now, and they say, okay, well, we'll we'll get you set up. Well, it's about time. <laughs> you're a sing you're a single mother living in sub you know in a suburb of London. Clearly, this is just yeah. With, a, with, with logic- no evidence of a job, logical progression for you and your awful awful children. So uh, they they move to the countryside uh, secretly with Pudsey in tow, um, and the new turns out that the new landlord doesn't like dogs. Boo! Boo! How we all how we all dislike. It's not that he ju- it's not just that dogs. he doesn't like dogs. He doesn't like collies. He doesn't like borders. He doesn't. He has a big long list of religious. It's almost as if it was rehearsed. But it he didn't has a big feel long like list it was of rehearsed. 
The man who doesn't like dogs has a big long list of dogs he doesn't like. Dog-related things. And even things that just have the word dog in it. Mm. Because fucking Johnny Sessions will you never down a, down, turn down a paycheck. You know when like you say you really don't like something and you dwell on it too much and then people think, I think you do like it. I think actually you're sexually attracted to it. Are you saying that, that Johnny Sessions <laughs> is sexually attracted to dogs? Because I'm not that would saying make this that. film vaguely I'm more vulnerable. Saying it, I'm just saying that this these things do happen. These things do happen. So, Karen and Alex, we're, we're interrupting Anywho, you. Uh, fine, so. uh, it turns out that uh, John Sessions um, uh, is, is 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 typical um, rich man in 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 a small village, and has decided he wants to knock down the nice f- farm to build a super mall or a stadium or a fireworks factory or <laughs> something. Um, he, just right. was, he just wanted the justification to have that big table with the model kit on it. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's, I think they borrowed it from the Flintstones movie. Um, <laughs> I think they borrowed it from Dibley. Anywho, P- Pudsey discovers the uh, the plans to uh, knock down the nice farm and um, build the mega whatever. And uh, he uh, he he tries to warn everybody, but <gasps> nasty uh, nasty John Sessions has him kidnapped and sent to a a, a bizarre um, a bizarre dog kennel um, that rather than uh, choosing the easy option of just killing the dogs keeps them prisoner in a sort of bizarre quarry. Um, one would think that that would be more expensive, really. <laughs> With a surveillance tower um, full of an amazing, amazing train set. A brilliant, fantastic train set. And surveillance cameras watching every single dog kennel. Um, because you've got to keep an eye on the dogs. At all times. <laughs> they, uh, well, you know, if, if, if nothing Otherwise, else... Otherwise, they might start earthbending. If, if nothing else, Pudsy, <laughs> Pudsy just... <laughs> Pudsey justifies the expense, um, although in the end it doesn't help much, and uh, Pudsey engineers an escape for him and the rest of the dogs. Ow. And, uh, I almost can't remember. Um, oh. Well, you mentioned his one trick. Oh, yes. His, uh, he dances. He dances for the camera. He does... Oh, I'm meant to be defending it, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> He does an amazing uh, dance routine for the cameras that'll have the whole family laughing and giggling. Um, That's a wonderful score. And he 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 teaches the other dogs to dance, and they're, amazingly, their dancing manages to um, to interfere with the camera system, and uh, and and all the dogs escape, and uh, they get they get back to he, Pudsey gets back to town just as the big fair is happening, which uh, John Sessions is using as a distraction. Whilst he tears down the nice farm, um, somewhat like the Dukes of Hazard film, then. Uh, if you say so. Um, well, no, the Dukes of Hazard didn't have the um, the unsuccessful one of the uh, of the twins from Shameless in it. <laughs> I, I I suppose that that's true. Um, he did have Johnny Knoxville, but I'm not sure how that's helping my case. He would have been better than David Williams as the voice of Pudsey. Well, Maybe. Uh, a slight, slight bluer tone to it that might have, might have interested me a little bit rather than. I think I might, yeah, I might have staved off, you know, digging the, the, the screwdriver into your ears by a few minutes. Just, just, <laughs> just for sheer novelty. So, Alex, how does it end? How, how, okay, do, well, how does Pudsey say it? How does it all Pudsy, end, Pudsey warns the family and somehow they, they realise that he's getting them to go back to the house. And uh, little smallest um, and and wee Cindy Lupu of the family, uh, whilst all the rest of the family, uh, having seen the JCBs, are distracted and leave again. I I forget. Um, wee Cindy Lupu steps out in front of the diggers to uh, to stop them, and uh, Pudsey uh, races and knocks uh, small child out of the way. Saving small child's life, even though small child uh, gets knocked down and uh, has a nasty bump on their head and gets knocked out. 
And then all the uh, JCB men stop and say, oh no, there's a child and who got injured. Meanwhile, John Sessions is saying, what have you all stopped for? Carry on and build my bowling alley. Um, <laughs> before he uh, he notices that uh, that uh, small child has been hurt. And uh, Pudsey decides that, uh, you know, he's not a ve- John Sessions isn't a very nice man and decides to give him a piece of his mind. Um, uh, and John Sessions uh, is is broken down to the uh, to the state of a child before being built back up then broken down once more <laughs> then there's lunch <laughs> and then the maybe this time built back up um and uh turns out that uh, there's a happy turns ending turns out it was man turns out it was man there's a happy ending and 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 mother of the family decides that uh, she's going to start going out with a uh, handsome, nice farmer, just as her daughter decides that uh, she's going to go out with a handsome, nice farmer's son. So uh, so there'll be uh, some nice legal in- incest there mm-hmm. in the future. And Pudsey saves Always the day. A little bit of intr- incest. And, uh, and, and presumably sausages are had by all. The and end. Worms. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Sam, anything to add? Anything Alex has missed out? Anything that? Uh, yeah, you forgot the very important character trait that John, Johnny Sessions has a cat. This is true. And not just a cat, but a, but a, but a, but a horrible, one of those horrible signing things. Show the people. It's nasty. I want a mustache. I feel you both missed out. A very important part of the comic relief. Oh, God. In the CGI animals. The CGI animals that can talk with CGI faces. If only it was CGI feces. Yes. Okay, that's an excellent point. That's the thing I want to fight before we... Before I carve, if I may, just sort of, you know, give this quick little appetizer. One thing that really pissed me off so much was the CGI now. Just because they were just so cheap and plasticky and so overtly shit. But the the CGI in that reminded me of you know when like uh, the police come on the news and they say yeah we've made a CGI mock up of what the the victim should look like now like five years later or something and it kind of looks like someone's been hit in the face with a spade. Yeah, like, it- that same quality of CGI is better than. The uh, it's Taiwanese, it's Taiwanese news reporting level stuff, yeah. Yeah. Okay then, right. Uh, I do only have one note here to to go off, so I'm gonna be winging this because honestly, I said to Sam earlier, I, I sat watching this film yesterday, and usually I would make some notes as to what questions I want to ask, and there's generally nothing I would like to know about this film. I genuinely <laughs> do not want to know anything. I don't want to. I don't want to hear your opinions. I don't want to hear how David Walliams did something or something. You know, it's just a bad film. So, Alex, you're going to have to work very hard to convince me that you deserve this win, I'm afraid. Can I, can I just give Sam the win? No, you can't. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, right. Alex, I'd like to know your opinion on uh, on David Walliams. How well did he do in, in, his, uh, in his performance? You know, if you're a fan of David Williams, then this film isn't going to disappoint because you get plenty of his voice. I mean, um, any old Little Britain fans who, um, who 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 still happen to be under the age of ten, this film is for you because you know it, 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 it's David Williams at his uh, at his comedy finest. Um, he he really brings the role of Pudsey to life in this film. Um, Would you say it's award-winning? I'd certainly given it an award, yeah. Um, I'd certainly give it something. <laughs> uh, it's in, so yeah, so in 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 this award-winning role, um, Dave Williams definitely gets uh, a thumbs up from me. Um, and I know uh, I, I I certainly had a smile on my face every time he said <laughs> sausages. Um, Okay, Sam. Uh, any any comments on that? What 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 did you think of David Williams' performance? 
I wish she had eaten enough sausages to choke on them. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Pudsy, I'm talking about Wallians. As I've said to many times, as, as, Tom, as Tom and I were discussing briefly earlier, and I was all conclave, Wallians really is the web to, to Lucas' yeah. Mitchell. And he's one of those bizarre entities where he's a one-trick he, he one pony that's managed to convince people that he has a career. And he's Garfunkel. That's in many ways, is. yeah. In many ways, it makes perfect sense that he would be chosen to voice Pudley for this film. Actually, if you, you know, if you think about it, god awful shite. If they can pretend that it's a comedy without having to put any any sort of actual comedy in it, and, and Dave Lyons could definitely bring that to the role. I think. Also, okay. I swear to God, if I hear someone say sausages again, I will jam something in my eyes. <laughs> I have never loathed pork more. How 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 do you feel that, um, when when you see Sam? How do you feel when you see that uh, David Williams's children's books are illustrated by Quentin Blake? I've not read any of children's books. Um, it's again, uh, me, me and Tom were talking about this briefly earlier. Um, it, um, Tom has read them, and he did sort of confirm my opinion that he was clearly sort of trying to model himself after the sort of the, the, you know sort of white. Quite openly, sort of trying to ape the um, the Roald Dahl style, and you'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Tom? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he sees what Roald Dahl's done, and in typical David Williams style of, well, I can do that. I think um, he's uh, he, he completely emulates that. I mean, the 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 worst thing is they're not awful. They're not awful stories. They're all right. They're they're pretty decent, um, and kids love them. But Roald Dahl could have written them, and you'd, you'd have never known that it was. It wasn't Raoul Dahl because yeah, David Williams has uh, has just completely taken what Dahl's done and gone. Yeah, I can do that. And I think that kind of sums it up. He's very much someone who, in anything he does, feels like mm. he is just kind of yeah, just emulating another person's thing. You know, and it's odd. It's it, 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 like with his writing with Dahl, most of his performances, he's kind of you know he's, he's poaching a bit of this. He's poaching. I always like it, like going back to things like. Um, Little Britain. He always felt like he was poaching. He always felt like he was kind of for me poaching um, sort of Mark Gatiss's kind of uh, kind of shtick quite a little bit with certain many of the characters that he played. And when it wasn't that, it was kind of it kind of felt like he was attempting to be both sort of um, uh, Reeves and Mortimer. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now that now that Lucas has gone off and actually done sort of other stuff, it feels like he's now trying to sort of be both. It, again, it's weird. It's like as soon as they stopped working together. This whole absurdly camp persona sort of appeared, and it always, to me, felt like he was reflectively trying to emulate Lucas's thing because Lucas had better trajectory. Yeah, I can, I can see that. This film was shite. Well, you know, it's, okay, I, Alec. Oh. <clears throat> I, I'd say, you know, that this film. Is very good if you look at it as a tragedy. And the, <laughs> well, the, the, I'm sure. Way, I'm sure. The, I'm sure. Um, the, no, no, no. The, the way you uh, you you look at this film as a tragedy is uh, you take Jessica Haynes's character um, and simply, or it would take one throwaway line for me to completely change this film into a, uh, a tragedy. Think she's had a complete breakdown? No, no, no. Uh, just, uh, just have a throwaway line that uh, her name. Oh, what she, what she called in this film? Um, Gail. Uh, throwaway line that she, uh, she changed her name from Daisy to Gail. Oh. oh. Well, no, because that means then, that one of the kids, then, one, uh, of the, one of the kid, one of the kids would have to be called Leia. And that baby who appeared in the epilogue to the uh, to the space to make more documentary, which is considered canon, <laughs> was a fucking better actor than those kids. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, let, 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 let's move on to the kids then. Let's move on to the kids. <clears throat> um, now, I found the kids, God's honest truth, completely insufferable. <laughs> utterly, utterly, completely, utterly insufferable. The only one I liked. Was the one that didn't talk until he started talking. Alex, why am I wrong? I, I, I have to agree that I, I'd say his performance was genuinely stronger 
when he was uh, while he was being silent. Um, but uh, I, I, I would say, as someone who's defending the film, uh, I'd have why to am I wrong, Alex? The why, why, yeah. <laughs> I liked the part where one of them fell down a well. Up until the moment, I realised that he'd been unarmed. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what were your favourite moments with the uh, with the children? Um, I, I I enjoyed when um, when the, uh, the 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 young girl was told um, she should go and change her clothes because they weren't appropriate for a farmyard workplace. It was true; they weren't appropriate for a farmyard workplace, <laughs> um, and, uh, and 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 she was right to be told so. So I think that was educational. Did, yes, did but then it implies like... that. Go on, go on, Sam. Oh, so, but, yeah, but then she changed herself into that weird fucking blue thing from the 1940s, that weird sort of frock coat nonsense. It was, it was, uh, possibly, it, by technical definition, a set of overalls, and a set of overalls is the safest thing you can wear on a farmyard. That girl was not putting her hand up in any, any cows, and we all, we both know it. She got kicked no. in the face by a horse, though, which was good. No, no, no. Set of overalls is very important for working around uh, machinery because uh, you know you can't have anything trailing out. A baggy t-shirt's going to get caught up in something and uh, and whisk away. Around, uh, so, so you're saying she was quite smart to wear it then? I I I say that uh, the, the 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 young love interest character was uh, was smart to uh, to tell her that she ought to change attire. And do you think that you um? You were uh, connected with um, Elliot Tinsner. I think it was Elliot Tinsner, um, the one from Shameless, the love interest guy. Did did you connect with him the most because of your you know your farmyard experience? Um, did you want to see him put his hand up a cow? <laughs> we almost did. Uh, certainly underneath one. Actually, he was probably certainly. Uh, to my mind, the most accurate representation of a uh, of someone who works in an agricultural uh, at an agricultural job. Um, for even though we, we we heard his father described as a farmer many a time, we barely saw his father do anything, which is quite mm -hmm. often the case. You know, the the young person is uh, is landed with all the ship jobs when. Um, well, when uh, in these kind of god awful shitty tripe films, the farmer is just there to be loving, to be swimming around the fields. <laughs> Picking up dog muck, probably. So Look how fucking dog went up eating goddamn sausages. <laughs> Alex, how faithful was the uh, was the film for for agricultural work? Um, Could it be used in study? Certainly, cow, if I wanted to be a farmer. Certainly, cows require dairy. Cows require milking. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the film portrayed that. Uh, and it, you know, it obviously wasn't a huge dairy farm because it was. Being done by hand, but um, you know, if, if you want to use your, also it was all that space was to be taken up by other animals that for no reason were were fed or taken care of at all. They were just there, <laughs> and apparently that's what people do. You just go into the country, you buy a farm, and oh look, there's a bunch of animals you never interact with that just live in the stables. By the never... way, you're not allowed a dog. <laughs> you're allowed a fucking cow and a fucking. Well, look, this because clearly, clearly no one in the family knew they existed because they never got any fucking screen time with them. Yeah, they might as well. They, that, they, they might as well just pause the film every now and again to show shot stock footage of a pig shitting. It's basically what they did, and then slap some god awful Lego plastic CGI on them. That actually really pissed me off. The fact that those animals were there and they were shown again as someone like Alex, who's grown up in that it really pissed me off that these animals were just sort of left fallow, sort of do as they please. And uh, yeah, oh, I know. Tell lie. The only time any of the, any of the animals, yeah, got interacted with was when was when one of them got kicked the girl in the face. And again, she she goes booted in the face by a horse that she's cleaning, you know, stones out there. Pissed me off because she was cleaning. She wasn't cleaning the hooves correctly. You can't just list these sort of scrubbing. Horses don't aren't ticklish. No, there's no, there's no feeling at the bottom of the hooves there. That's that's why hooves. That's how horses' hooves work. It's just fiber hair fibers. So. And if she'd been kicked in the whole face by that fucking horse, she'd be dead. Not not just like scraped or bruised or, or you know the broken jaw. She'd be dead. And the film would have been better for it. <laughs> <laughs> if the last hour was them just quietly mourning. Oh my god. <laughs> and rinsing the blood 
off the stable floor. <laughs> That's what Tissenser could have done. He could have been there with the sawdust and just mopping up. But that would have made the film bearable. <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, whilst, uh, whilst, whilst the agricultural, uh, uh, the, the agricultural trade does, uh, does have a higher percentage of fatal accidents, uh, than, uh, than I think. And this film should. And, and any other, any other kind of workplace in the, in the country, um, in, in general, you know, other than. Sharp um, tooth cleaners probably have, uh, <laughs> the lion tamers. Yeah. <laughs> um, lion tamers wearing Lady Gaga's meat suit. Well, no, 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 not every farmyard accident has to be fatal, but uh... that's true. Some of them are attempted suicides, <laughs> which again, I think this film could have benefited from. Just had a thought, actually. I think I figured out what happened to the father. I think he read the script. <laughs> Do you think it was actually Peter Serafinovich? He was supposed to be in it. Read the script. He'd already taken that photograph, and then he they had the to money. rewrite the, the whole money. script. Yeah. <laughs> Day one, where's Peter? Oh shit. Who gave him yeah, a they script? Clearly, they, they clearly couldn't, you know, hire another actor because this film was clearly done on the fucking cheap. And even then, it, it lost so much money. Like, that's how you view this film as a tragedy. I imagine Simon Cowell looked at it as a tragedy when he saw mm. the fucking box office return. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about these animals then, right? Now, I think a couple bra- of times... I think, I, th- I think the film was brave um, to have... Uh, yeah, to have a lead, uh, a lead character, Pudsey, um, to to cast someone with such a severe underbite. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Actually, I've always thought about Pudsey, and again, really not pointing this one over. It's an ugly fucking dog, and I never yeah, think it's about a, a dog. Fucking ugly dog. It's a brave film for that. It's brave. No, because nice. children want to see. If children want to see brave, ugly characters, they can watch The Hunchback of Notre Dame. See, that's, that's that's not realistic, though. You know, it's 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 just a that's cartoon. Right, well, certainly a, the Disney. It shows, it shows gypsies in a, in a positive light. <laughs> well, so we've joked a few times that uh, we've we've seen films that that borderline animal abuse. Um, more recently than not, uh, just to just to look back at the last few films we watched, there was movie forty three with the the fucking animated cat, which was basically animal abuse. And what, what else did we see before that? And, and as I say, a few times we've said, you know, nearly animal abuse, just these animals being in the film. Uh, Freddy got fingered. Freddy got fingered. There you go. So what I'd like to know is, how does it feel, Alex, to see a film where finally the, the animal is in the front seat and you can't call it animal abuse because basically it's abuse of the audience? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I thought uh, those, uh, I thought those uh, animals thank, would be exploited. Thank you, our, 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 our lovely, unbiased <laughs> judge there for that question. Um, uh, as I say, I think, I think it was a very it was a very brave decision to uh, to 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 have a a lead character with um, such a such a severe uh, facial disfigurement. I mean, uh, how many? Um, how many how many characters do you see like that in uh, in Hollywood? Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> and her films are three hours long. Well, uh, you, you you do have a point, but and she um... probably eats about as much sausage in those as he does. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Sarah Jessica Parker was the first horse to ever feature as a lead character in a film, but that's I'm sure they paid her enough. She would have, she would have done the shitting big role too. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what 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 did you think of Pudsey's performance, Alex? Now, now that now that we're finally seeing some animals in some good light, rather than just just there for phallic purposes, essentially. Actually, if I may, if I may interject, actually, on, on the subject of um, animals. Please, God, interject. The shitting pig. <laughs> how 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 much do they have to feed the pig to make it happen? Because of course they have to do, they would have to do multiple takes. They would have had to maintain its diet. They were probably stuffing that thing, and they just they just kept going shitting and shitting and shitting. Well, there was, a, there was, pro- there was, uh, al- al- although we, we, we heard it a lot, there was only once, maybe twice when we I'm talking actually about saw I'm, I'm the pig. I'm talking about those moments. They, they, I mean, again, this film was clearly filmed bargain basement CB on a CBB's budget and it shows. 
but I imagine they would have had to do some sort of prep to ensure that they got the, sh- the shit shot. Not necessarily, you know. Uh, animals animals do shit quite often. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I suppose I'm, they could have rewritten what I hate, what I what I has, be hesitant to call the script on the fly, I suppose. I'll, I'll jump into Alex's help here, and I'll say, firstly, I mean, I, I don't know what film everyone else is watching, but I'm pretty sure the pig was laying eggs, not shitting. Um, that's what the pig what said. A hilarious joke. <laughs> and secondly, um, I think it was possibly camera trickery. And I, I remember one, the one scene in particular where he walks around the corner and he's like, "Oh, guys, look! I think I figured it out." You don't see him shit. You just see slop fall between his legs. So clearly, they 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 just dropped something on the camera. So they stapled the bucket to the back of him with a little electronic no, machine. It was the, Oh, Alex, right, I was trying to defend you, right? I was trying to help you out here. I was trying to... Uh, but you know what? Yeah, the pig probably was shit, and Alex, how did they make the pig shit? Tell us the process of how you... Electrodes. Electrodes on all of the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> they they fed it and waited. You know, films had lots of uh, lots of various... Uh, Are you saying that's where, that's, that's, why, that's where the budget for the film went on? Uh, waiting for having to sit around waiting for a pig shit. basically just the entire film. Really? Yeah, I would say in many ways, Tom, I would say your description of uh, slot falling out between the legs is a really apt metaphor for the film <laughs> in totality. Actually, no, at least wet slot can make some kind of impact. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I wouldn't remember this film. I, I hadn't had to watch it twice, to be honest. And I think had I only watched it once, all I would remember is just, like, I would have, I'd be like, like blacking out for like 90 minutes and just waking up with like a really bad headache. <laughs> waking up, what year is this? <laughs> Fuzz in, just, just like a fuzzy tongue and bleary eyes. Okay, Alex, um, tell me about the antagonist. Tell me, tell me, tell me if he had any merits, anything, anything good to share on, on the antagonist. Uh, um, so, John Sessions. Uh, You're struggling so much. <laughs> I, um, I've, I told you, I haven't prepared at all. Completely. Okay, so, John Sessions. Um, okay, yes, yes, maybe um, maybe it is... Uh, may, maybe his role in his master plan um, is, is the kind of role we have seen uh, very often before, you know, in, in, in different different... Various different media, sort of all, almost any, 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 uh, anything sort of set in the countryside, um, where, a, where, where a rich landowner is the antagonist, um, you'll see that they've got some horrible plot for, uh, for the farmland, um, despite oh. the fact that, uh, in this country, <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost impossible to get anything. Permission to do anything on land and, at all, and, and not just and not just that. In the, oftentimes, in those smaller farming communities, historically speaking, it's the large, the wealthy landowners and the the landlords who are actually you know, the ones providing stable employment and services. True, and quite quite often they're the only ones. Uh, quite often they'll be the ones fighting to protect the land, to keep it the way it is. Um, but uh, nevertheless, um, uh, he uh, he 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 provides a credible threat. I think. Um, and you know he. The, the, Did you honestly the, just say the words <laughs> John Sessions? <laughs> Credible for a dog threat. voiced by David Walliams. Yes, John Sessions provides a credible threat. I'm fairly sure there are paper clips that have. I'm amazed. You, I'm amazed you were able to get the word, Alex. I'm amazed you were able to get past the word credible. <laughs> For a dog, voiced by David Walliams, obsessed, who, Again, who, uh, a dog obsessed uh, with 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 nothing more than getting sausages. And also, um, how yes. can he possibly? He can't be that credible a threat if his entire master plan can a be defeated so readily, but also uncovered so readily. He literally had a giant red dog level button. <laughs> dog level. It wasn't dog level. Pudsy just happened to be on top of the table at the time. You know, had Pudsy had Pudsy been on had Pudsy been on the floor, he probably wouldn't have even seen the button. You know, that's that, that's Pudsy being irresponsible. But he, he <laughs> thought it was a fridge based on the colour of the light coming out of it. Dogs are colour blind. 
Well, you know, sometimes you've got to give them a little bit of uh, creative license. No. Well, <laughs> Alex, I'm... I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere in regards to this film. Besides, they, you know, if, 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 if you're a real stickler who wants to point out the yeah, dogs are kind of blind, you know, that's emphasized by the beginning of the film that's in black and white. So, you know. Only very briefly. <laughs> well, it is, uh, whilst, whilst Pudsy, whilst the Pudsy as the, uh, the only main character in, uh, in the film at that point, it's not until uh, we meet the family for the first time that uh, colour appears in the picture. I suppose I will jump to defence here, Alex. With with the anta- with, with the antagonist, there was one genuine laugh that that I I found myself victimised to in this film, and that was when Jessica Hines went in to to help um, help John Sessions with his clerical work, and he's there dressed as a cat, and when she sort of stares at him like what the fuck sort of thing, he's like. When I'm at home, I dress for comfort and then walks away eccentrically. And it, it, I chuckled and I thought, yes, I probably would dress for comfort if I were rich and had master plans too. But, but I am going to have to jump to Sam's defense and say, I can't see anybody who would dress as a cat for comfort, a credible threat but for anything. And again, another really weird muddling thing. Obviously, it's John Session being John Session. But, in that scene, when she's there helping with the filing, he's like weirdly like oily and flirtatious with her. What is yeah? Just what is A- he exactly? Alex, can you explain what John Sessions is? Even I is can't he propaganda? <laughs> but propaganda for what? John Sessions. <laughs> he's the third gender. <laughs> John Sessions is a man who, you know, enjoys a bit of dress up, and uh, enjoy, um, clearly enjoys a bit of Jessica Hines. And who can blame him? Uh, have we seen the film The Fifth Element? Uh, not is John, it, it, but you know of it, yeah. Know of it. Is John Sessions the Fifth Element? <laughs> I hope not, because in that they're trying to convince us that the Fifth Element was love. No, I think that that's the propaganda. I think this is John this Sessions, is all John Sessions is the fourth pillar. <laughs> but I mean, maybe we can see this come into sort of the the, the the Avatar world. You know, you've got you've got Airbenders, Waterbenders, Firebenders, Session Benders, Earthbenders, and then Session Benders, Lovey Benders, Lovey Benders. Yeah, man, woman, and, yeah, man, woman, and Lovey. So yeah, Alex, Alex, wouldn't that be an amazing idea to see this film crossover with Avatar, one of your most beloved beloved <laughs> franchises? As we established, I think uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the M. Night Shyamalan film, was a complete and utter disaster. So uh, I don't think it would be um, it would be in this film's interest to uh, to tie itself. No, 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 no. A live action franchise that has proved to be proved to be pretty bad. But you'd have to make Don't. it live action. If you're going to combine it, you'd have to make it live action. So no, 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 no. You could do like, you could you do an animated spin-off of possibly, featuring John Sessions. You could possibly combine the two. Thank you. Next question, please. You could, <laughs> but but only you'd have to have like if so like if John Sessions was the Avatar, you'd have to have, <laughs> you'd have to have Charles Brandreth being the you know like the anti-Avatar. They're the, they're the only two forces that can cancel each other out. Don't, don't you agree, Alex? Wouldn't that be a good idea? There is a point on the line. One end of the spectrum is Brandreth, the other is Sessions. With David Walliams chewing on a sausage in between. I'm afraid I... I don't you I, think I, David Walliams should have been cast as Sucker in everything? Don't you think he, his voice would have been better as Katara? Or Toph? Toph. David Walliams should have been Toph. I, 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 I genuinely, um, I, 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 think yes, might, I'll give you a <laughs> I think it might have improved it because I'm not sure anything could have made that film worse. No, no, I'm not talking about the film. I'm talking about the TV series. Oh, the TV series. No, then fuck you. I love Avatar. Don't you? I just like, I just like you, you saying he should, Valium should play Toph in anything, in soccer in anything. I want to see him play Toph in like a remake of the Manchurian Candidate or the Italian <laughs> job or. He could be the next Passion, born when, when they realise that Jerry Rabbit... Featuring the, 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 David Williams is top. 
I, let's get on to David Williams now. I'm pretty sure he's not doing anything. Um, we could we could get these these done by tomorrow if if we're going on the on the sort of time frame that it must have taken. I mean, session, you probably don't even need a script. <laughs> you don't even need money. You probably don't even need to contact him. Just get the cameras and he'll be there. He will just naturally, like a fungus, he'll just naturally sort of walk <laughs> front of the left. Alright, okay. Uh, let's, let's do the closing statements. I haven't, I haven't prepared any more questions. So, Alex, tell us, tell us why, uh, tell us why we should watch this film. Yeah, Alex. I'm thinking. Sam, while okay. Alex thinks, why don't no, you? No, Alex talk? has to go first, because my closing okay. statement will be, what, the reason why you shouldn't watch this film is everything Alex just said. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, the reason that you should uh, you should watch this film is because you know what I can't do. It. <laughs> this, is, this is the first this is the first plastic where I just have to put my hands up and just admit defeat because I, there's it's not the worst film we've watched in plastic cuck, but I I, I are you sure? I <laughs> are you? I, I genuinely think it is. No, I I I. I this, this film has this film literally has not a single redeeming quality. In a week where you watched Jack and Jill and Pudsey, and you had so much to say about Jack and Jill, I'm surprised you have nothing to say about Pudsey. I have nothing good to say about Pudsey. <laughs> I didn't have anything good to say about Jack and Jill either. Yes, you did. You good. said that it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. It wasn't fact, as bad as Pudsey. No, that, that if I remember good, that rightly... You that, said you enjoyed it. No, I didn't. I said that wasn't yes. a good. I didn't. I specifically pointed out that that wasn't a good point about Jack and Jill. See, Alex, when I, look, the point. I, the point I made about film. Jack and Jill is that it was a completely empty film. I was disappointed with it because I wanted to be more angry with it than I was. But See, the line was so empty, there wasn't enough there to be angry at. For God's sake, Alex! This, this pudgy is tearing us apart. <laughs> Okay, all right, all right, okay. Um, this film, the main character is a dog. I like dogs. Go and see a film because it's a film about a dog. There you Don't go. go see this film. It's a fucking ugly dog. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, have you, have you got anything more to say on, on Pudsey? I've already made the point that they were brave to have um, an ugly, disfigured dog as their main character. I did have one more question. It just popped into my mind. What did you think of the uh, the Pudsey theme tune at the start of the film? There was, there was a theme tune. <laughs> yeah, I um, wish they had one. <laughs> I'm afraid. I, I I I'm afraid. I it. it do you not remember? Do you not remember, Alex? The endless four and a half hour long montage of every single bit of readily identifiable London ephemera. <laughs> Do you not remember I, three I, I, entire tourist boards worth of fucking tat being displayed? <laughs> Surely I can only assume. <laughs> I don't know. Who is this film's targeted to? Who honestly needed to see that much fucking London in a film? Apart from the people who are probably backing the film to try and encourage a bit of fucking... I don't know. This film doesn't wouldn't make me want to go anywhere. This film makes me want to peel my own skin off. Well, you know, young Americans who might happen to see the film have got to be... Indoctrinated into what London is supposed to look like in 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 the eyes of an American. So uh, you know, you've got, which you've got is very similar to the eyes of a dog. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well. Okay, Sam, do you have any uh, any last words about this film? Just, I honestly wish I could tell them to stop, but it's already <laughs> been done. This is this is just the low point. And, and it's depra- it, this is genuinely depra- Mark Kermode, I think it was Mark Kermode, made a fantastic thing in his review, basically saying he is legitimately saddened the fact that this is associated with British cinema. And I mm. think that's the kindest thing anyone could ever say about this film. Just gross and clearly made with the most, the, in the laziest, it's CBB level production values here. It's just, everything looks so cheap and Gross and again, you can't even like appreciate 
seeing Jessica Hines or John Sessions, but even if you don't care for them, it's depressing them to see them in the... So this is the best thing they could do at the time. This was the best use of their time. <laughs> oh. Just okay. awful. Alex, tell us what you really thought of the film. <laughs> I think Sam put it very eloquently. It was really, really fucking bad. I stand by the statement that I don't think it was the worst film we've done in Plastica. I will fight you, sir. I will, <laughs> I will fight you with punches over that. I think this is the thing that might make us genuinely fall out I'm as not, friends. I'm not sure. The Stupids was pretty fucking awful. No, yeah, but The right. Stupids had something to it. Okay, it had, an, it had some kind of... Per, you know, regardless of the quality of the final product, at least with the stupid, they were clearly trying to do something, like set, you know, set up a franchise or or, 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 or rebrand something, or even just try and you know make some silly, you know, make a silly friendly family film. This film was not only is it utterly vapid. The only reason it exists is because they wanted to try and you know they saw they saw a tiny you know slack jawed section of the audience clearly enamoured for a nanosecond with this fucking dog on. Was it? X Factor Britain's Got Talent at some strike, and they clearly just thought we can try and manipulate, we can try and force someone, some we can find somewhere, some way somehow to make some money out of this. That's the only reason why this film exists. To just try and spunk a little bit of cash out of a flash in the pan fucking meme on television. Okay. Oh. I have to say, so, oh, I, I got so fucking sick of that dance. So sick of that dance. Oh my god. Could they not have taught him anything else? Just one thing. I mean, see, this is the thing. Like, I remember seeing that dog. I remember seeing that dog on Britain's Got Talent, and yeah, it was cool. It was like, oh, cool, the dog's dancing. And the first thing I noticed was, where's the fucking other half of the the duo? Because she, the girl that trained him, was like the most integral part to the entire performance on Britain's Got Talent. I was like, so basically, you've just said. Well, fuck you. We just want the dog. Well, and secondly, the they did. They did other stuff. They did quite a few different things, and and they just did the walk in the film. What was the actual act? Obviously, I never saw it. So, so it wasn't so just it, the dog it, it, doing it, that, standing up, basically. That that was like the first one, but it was the fact that she trained him into doing routines. So she she go through the routine, and could, because she's trained him, the dog would follow her and and and, and do the routine with her. Um, and for the most part, it was just a dog running around and standing on its hind legs and rolling over and stuff like that. But then when they put like Mission Impossible music to it and things like that, it was it was quite funny for See, British. Why, 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 why on earth didn't they do? Um, didn't they do when he was doing one of the tricks in the film? Why not do a long shot where it's all just one continuous shot? So you yeah. can actually see, oh look, this dog, this this dog is. This dog is actually like, talented. Yeah, dog, oh, but dog, that's you know, why. It does have it does have a, a trick up its sleeve. That's probably why, actually, right there, because like you said, if the if the, 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 the girl, the handle wasn't in the film at all. Oh, yeah, she, like, she didn't even have like a little cameo at the end or anything like that. No. The crowd. So clearly, obviously, I'm guessing this is like the only thing they can actually get the dog to do without her. Yeah, probably. So I, probably. I imagine she was probably given some sort of handler's fee, but yeah, but so that they could so that they could try and you know just just milk some money out of the dog. I imagine that's well, this the is the thing because no no yeah. one remembers her. They just remember the dog, even though she's put all the work in. So they did. They just thought, well, fuck it. The, the dog's the one that's got the that's got the star power. We'll, we'll take all two pound fifty of our audience's money um, from the dog, um, and they only made one pound fifty anyway. So, but we do have a winner, um, and I think I think, I think I we all know. Is. I think we all know that I am the winner. I think we all know that the audience who now never ever watches this film is the real winner. Yeah, the, oh, the only winner the here, the only winner here is Pudsey the dog, because Pudsey didn't know and will never have to know the awful film he was in, because he's a dog and can't understand English and he'll probably die soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> but in regards to the three of us, Sam, you're our winner today. Okay, okay. Um, well, do I you have an awful movie plan? I do, yes. And actually, you know what? I'm, I'm, I was hesitant to use it, but I'm going to use it because we need... This This, uh, I'm, uh, this, is, this film is actually a gift to, to all of us. We, we've earned this one. This is a film I want us to sit down and watch, you guys, and I want you to sit down and debate is Manos, The Hand of Fate. Manos, the watch it. Manos, The Hand of Fate, you say? 
Manos. Just to give you an indication of the quality of the film, Manos is the Spanish word for hand. Oh, good God. Hands of Fate. 1966. That's the one. Oh, boy. Oh. I'm sure that'll be a hoot and a holler. I can't wait. <laughs> I am anything if not gracious in victory. <laughs> oh, because it's all on YouTube as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, no, yeah I think it's actually in the public domain. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the copyright... And the thing is, oh, yeah, it wasn't... It's US copyright, it's like 50 years after the death of the creator. <laughs> it didn't, people, people didn't even want to be attached to it for that long. Well, I, I, I like that uh, the, the, the Stupids was all on YouTube, but uh, <laughs> no, no, no one wanted to cause a fuss that it was there on. <laughs> no, one wanted. No, no one wanted to, to defend it and say, no, no, take it down. That film is only accessible through the official channel. Oh. Okay, right, so the final thing we have to do is uh, I had to come up with a money-making idea for the podcast. Oh, yes, we need some ducats. I'm nearly out of biscuits. <clears throat> I'm afraid, Alex, that it is directly inspired from uh, the Pixels trailer. Um, and we kind of already brushed upon this when... Um, when we did the Adam Sandler cast, but that's because I expected that we were going to do the two in the same sort of thing. So, Sam, but Sam, I'm, have, I'm, you, have you seen the trailer for Pixels? I this is I haven't, and it's kind of, uh, and I haven't. That's okay. I haven't purely because I know that Adam Sandler is involved. Uh, well, have you have I you seen the Futurama episode? Uh, yeah, I, I I know the gist because I've seen the, I, I've seen and loved the original short film it's based on. There's a short film. It's yeah, yeah, it was originally yeah, it was originally based on like a like a five minute short film, a five minute short student film. You can find it. I remember what it's called. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I I've I see this trailer and it screams um, Futurama anthology of interest. Um, the the episode where uh, Fry is recruited because he knows eighties video games yeah. better than anybody else, and all the other alien invaders come down in space invader spaceships. And, you know, it's a, that 15-minute segment. And I thought to myself, there are probably better Futurama episodes that we could make into films um, with a better actor. Um, and to be honest, thinking about it, if Adam Sandler's the benchmark, the three of us are sort of probably level. Um, okay, he's had more success, but I'm, I'm pretty sure between this... this yeah, but none of us trio, made Waterboy. Well, exactly. Between the three of us... There's probably probably some talent, um, maybe. Um, so my suggestion is we start spitballing ideas for future army episodes that we should turn into um, turn into films. Now my, my first initial idea was um, there's one of my favourite episodes because it's so original um, is the um, the episode where they go on the space Titanic. Um, and so I think we should make a film of the space Titanic, but obviously because, you know, because, uh, because we can't go into space, we'll just have to do it at sea. So let's make the Titanic. You know, pirates. <laughs> but in space. <laughs> uh, well, you, well, you know, there's already that advert, um, for some cruise ship at the minute that says, oh, this ship is a spaceship as well. Wait, hang on, guys, I'm just concerned. So you want to take a film, you want to take their version, so you want to take the Titanic, but put it in water. Mm-hmm. Isn't that going to infringe upon that classic cinematic masterpiece, Titanic 2? <laughs> well, this is the thing, because because, it, <laughs> because the legend of the Titanic is, um, is such a public domain story, um, because, it, you know, it's a historical sort of... Um, thing with when the octopus held it together and everything like that. I think we, we, we're okay. I think we can. I think we can get away. And that's only the first one. Then we move on to like other. Can we episodes. get Pudsy? Can we get Pudsy in to play the rapping dog? No, well, yeah. But I was thinking we could bring Pudsy in as um, as Fry's dog, and um, and do I'd the Jurassic okay Park. So I'd, I'd be okay with putting that with, with the case of that dog in in hot lava. 
<laughs> in Dolomite, yeah. <laughs> Whirling hot Dolomite. It's Dolomite, baby. Hmm. I, so, I, so that's my episode. We okay, rip off okay. Futurama. So, episodes. Futurama episodes we're stealing. Um, yeah. Hmm. I genuinely love a feature length. Bear in mind, feature length, by definition, just means it has to be at least 40 minutes. I would love a feature length compilation of. Like, like, uh, like, um, the Twilight Zone movie. I just love a feature length compilation of Scary Door episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would happily is... pay for that any day. <laughs> The trouble is, you know, we're uh, we're not allowed to have the actual Futurama people. I'm guessing in this, this is these uh, these oh, are ideas no, no. we're these are ideas yeah, we're no. stealing and remaking. Yeah, in okay. in the same way Adam Sandler has. Okay, okay. Because he's such a you know good businessman. I just I just sorry just to go off on a quick tangent. I love how this film clearly exists because Adam Sandler's like, oh, I like Pac-Man. This is a chance for me to show how I'm good at something I am. That's the only reason why he why he's in this film. It's the only reason why he's attached. It's because he just he's wants, a mainstream Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, he just wants to he just wants to have a chance to try and just just to just you know masturbate himself over his hobby. Look at uh, me, uh, I can uh, save the world because I'm Adam Sandler. I I hope that the twist is that Pac Man is actually coming down to um, their benevolent race and they're coming down to actually eat and save the world from any more. Um, Adam Sandler. I hope the twist I, I, is that Adam Sandler has a tumor and it's all in his head and he dies. <laughs> I I I I'm too weary from uh, from recording the our last tag uh, podcast. <laughs> tag I'm enjoying that one. I'm I'm too weary. You know he'll find it. He'll Google his own name. It will come up and he'll listen to it. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing he can get it up to now. Googling his own name and then he masturbates into his money. Whilst making a little, whilst doing a little, whilst doing a hilarious voice. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 nice to hear um it's it's nice to hear the two of you, um, uh, talk and smack about Adam Sandler because obviously Tom had to play the part of defending him oh, during the episode, not you know not 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 actively but um, is, is this why you gave is this why you gave Alex the pudgy defense role like some sort of brutal punishment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see that's the thing. Um, see that, that's the terrible problem. thing. Tom 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 likes some Adam Sandler films. Ah. I like some Adam Sandler films. Little Nicky's a very good film. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's very, very, very funny. I like. I vaguely like Paul Bettany. Vaguely like Paul Bettany. Who's Paul Bettany? Was it even Paul Bettany? His brother. No, Reese Ivins. Oh yeah, there you fucking go. Yeah. See, that that was one of my points about that film that uh, I I. I enjoyed that film because he 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 plays a very he's very good at playing uh, the bad guy. Mm. Yeah, he's it, when when uh, when you see Reese Ivans get 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 finally get knocked down at the end of the film, you think, yeah, screw you. Yeah, but Reese Ivans is a good is a good actor with presence, and even he mm. became forgettable thanks to that. <laughs> <laughs> and not just that. Oh, fucking oh look, Ozzy Osbourne eating a really bad CG bat. There's a timely fucking reference. <laughs> it almost was at the time. No, it wasn't. He, had, he did it that once in like the so, 70s. Little Nicky is so old now, though. Yeah, but but it wasn't made before 1983. <laughs> yeah. It fucking felt like it was. <laughs> As, well, a- Alex likes fucking Jack and Jill anyway. You heard it I from don't mate. like Jack and Jill. Oh, I don't want to have to explain this to you again. I've already <sighs> done it once this podcast. Right, future Ride episodes. Um... Actually, I'd love to see. Um, I'd love to see a spin on um, because it's, it's the episode to me that always proves that they could do a movie. I would love to see a spin on um, Roswell Van as well. Yeah, that's a good choice. That'd be good. That's a that'd very, be good. That's, it's such a good episode. Yeah, it is. Um, hmm. I would like to see a full feature uh, adaptation of um, the episode. Where you find out about Zoidberg's past and how he met the professor. That was such a you weird out, episode. You find out his name's John. <laughs> and you find out Mom's first name. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. It, it, when he goes to he goes to he goes to Mom because and, and she knows that he's uh, yeah. He's, they he's have that, they have that that past, but yeah, he actually says yeah. her first name when he's oh, convincing right. her. I can't. Remember, it's, it's something like Miriam or something like that. Yeah. 
No, it's Helm. Found out Helm. Zoidberg's first name in the um the the clamps episode. Oh no, no, you find out you find out his you, you find out his name during the original run. Yeah, I can't remember really? what, but yeah, yeah, you find out. But yeah, by by by, by season two, you know his name is John Zoidberg. I think it's even I, I, written on. I haven't paid that much attention to, but they they, they don't call him John. No, no, well, no, that's, no. That's, that's the that's like the only episode where they they actively keep calling him John. Well, you know, they're, they're, um, no, very few, very few of the characters use their real first name. I mean, um, well, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's the joke of uh, Taronga Leela. Taronga, that's her name, Philip. Philip. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that episode was such a weird one because it it felt like they wanted to do a dramatic storyline and they felt like they had to put jokes in. Yeah. Maybe that's just a nice way to say it wasn't a very funny episode, but. <laughs> It was weird for, to get to see Zoidberg being presented as a as a, 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 a dramatic figure. Although I, I do like the other uh, Rube Goldberg, uh, I do did enjoy the Rube, Rube Goldberg suicide machine. I think if we're um, if we're if 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 we're um, you know doing Hollywood cash-ins, um, I'm going to say we're uh, we're 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 going to reboot. Um, Back to the Future, you know, Back to the Future Five, uh, but uh, use the storyline from uh, Teenage Mutant Leela's Hurdles. <laughs> no, no, and, okay. uh, have have the have the reverse aging idea, and uh, and obviously, you know, not necessarily have it set in space, but uh, some weird time paradox where uh, they they start reverse aging and they've uh, they've got to undo it somehow. I'd say we, I'd say you could rip off um, Space Pilot 3000, but Idiocracy kind of already did. Yeah, yeah. One thing I actually always wanted to see, and I loved, because I thought it was such a great like sci-fi concept. I thought it was a really, really nice like, original twist. It was, I love, I, I love the core concept of being beast with the backs. I thought, yeah, I love the idea of it of the invading alien not being like there to take over or to be some or be like God. It was just this idea that. It wanted to interact with you. I love that. And I, again, I, I genuinely love to see like that done as a bit of hard sci-fi. I thought like I, I, that was like the most Asimov-style thing they've ever done. Maybe less with the hentai tentacles, though. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so, like, like I'd love to see it like written as a hard, like take that that concept like written as like, a hard sci-fi. Oh yeah. Or no. novel or something. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, you don't, um, you, don't you, you don't see that enough. Um, and oh well, obviously, you know, there's the, the, you know, the, if you did that in cinema, then there's no tension to it. Yeah. Um, and you know it's got to be a blockbuster with the evil nasty aliens. Um. This is actually um, all this actually really making me watch. And I think I, I've told you guys before this. Sorry, it's not a tangent. But you both, you guys should both go and check out uh, Rick and Morty. If you have yes, yeah, I've, I've, I've watched the whole series uh, on your recommendation. I watched the first uh, ten minutes of the first episode, to which Alex said, "No, no, no, just just go straight to episode two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the first oh, episode is such such a bad representation of the show. So <clears throat> it's it's on my list of, of to watch from episode two. Um, uh, Alex, uh, a little really, I think I might, I might mention this before. Tom, you know, does Tom watch Gravity Falls? Yes, yes. He yeah, does. yeah, yeah. He does. Seen, he... Have you seen the latest episode? No, I've I've started Same watching enough. the second series. I've started Same. watching the second series Same. now. Um, I've seen the first three of series two, I think now. Um, and I will say nothing. Okay. I think you said something last week. You you were both. Yeah, just no, saying we we, we, did, we didn't touch on it last week. It we, told, we, we, yeah. we 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 told Tom that now we've got to the because uh, Tom likes to watch it sort of all in one go. We told him yeah. to to watch it now. We've got to the mid season finale. Yeah. So I have started. I have started season two. Um, Oh wait, actually no, actually no, I can't say it. Fine, actually, if you've seen the end of season one. Yeah, I've seen season one. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a bit in an early episode of Rick and Morty because um the uh, the, the creator of the show is actually friends. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. The creator of Rick and Morty voices Blendin' Blandin in on Brown's Force. Okay. But um, oh, uh, you know, at the end of you know, at the end of um season one, obviously we'll have with Dan Ackery Portal. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, if you can remember, his hat and mug and like, pen and your notebook get sucked into the portal. Yeah, yeah. There's an episode of Rick and Morty involving them traveling through basically stargates to different universes. And yeah. there's, there's a scene where, um, and but bear in mind, this, came, this episode came out like almost a year and a half before the end of series season one of Brown Falls. Oh, um, really? There's, there's a scene where, where all these thousands of portals open up and out of one of them comes Stan's mug and hat and notebook. That's cool. That's it's cool. a really nice solo, isn't it? 
I'll have to right. rewatch that one. And it was confirmed by them that, yeah, it was a deliberate. Oh, super. That's cool. That's cool. Well, okay then. We are going to have to watch uh, Manos the Hands of Fate for next week. Glorious. Goody. Yep. And uh, catch us again. The the website is uh, the tagpodcast.wordpress.com. Um, and and uh, uh, well, at least until uh, Flustercut gets its own website, which it might never do. So uh, so keep heading to the tag. When you start sending us that sweet, sweet podcast money. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and anyone who'd like to advertise through the show, do get in touch. Um, we reach at least, uh, we've, we've got at least, I think, four confirmed listeners now. So, uh, you know. Hey, Microsoft, you still want to sell those Zooms, right? <laughs> How offensive would I need to be to stop all of those four people listening? Um, you can actually genuinely just encourage them to watch the Pudley movie. <laughs> Go see the bus. <laughs> okay, bye bye. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye.